3: we have summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA.
1: He says, somebody's in the house,
4: and I screamed.
3: Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.
1: For over the past 70 years, our country, the US, has recognized a national Day of Prayer. It is, according to U.S. statute, the first Thursday of May. The National Day of Prayer came about all the way back in 1952 when our country was in wartime. At no other time in recent history has our country been so divided all across our country. So today, the first Thursday in May. Let's pray for our country and our families. Please join us. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace Once you look into this girl's eyes, You'll never forget her. Nefetari is her name. And the moment I saw her face and found out that she's missing, I can't get those eyes, those penetrating eyes, out of my mind. This 26-year-old beauty is the mother of two, two little ones and seven months pregnant. Joining me today is her mother begging for your help and a very odd and bizarre twist and turn of a story. Also with me, a critical witness, a critical witness in the disappearance of Neftari because without this good Samaritan, We would know nothing about her last known whereabouts. I'm Nancy Grace. This is Crime Stories. Thank you for being with us here at Fox Nation and Sirius XM 111. Who is Nefetari? And I love that name. I've never heard that name before. Nefetari. Who is she? Where is she? Why is she missing? Take a listen to our friends. Joining us from KPAX. Missoula police investigating the disappearance of a 26-year-old woman. Nefertari Bartel was last seen in the Missoula area in the afternoon. MPD spokesperson Whitney Bennett tells MTN they continue to investigate the circumstances around her disappearance. When pressed for details about Bartell's last known location, Bennett said detectives are still investigating and will release information to the public when it's ready. If you've seen Bartell or have any information about this case, you are asked to contact MPD. Let's descramble what we just heard. You hear the reporter Jill Valley, KPAX, saying that detectives will not release the information about her last known whereabouts. That sounds mysterious, doesn't it? It's not mysterious because they don't know. And they don't want to say, IDK, I don't know. Because their job is to know, to come up with something. Not saying they're not working. I'm saying it's not mysterious. Like they know something, they're not telling us about this girl. They truly don't know. Guys, I want to give you a tip line right now for Nefertari, 406-552-6300, 406-552-6300. That's a 24-hour available line to give information about Nefertari. Okay. The investigation is on. Uh, take a listen now to MontanaRightNow.com.
4: We're tracking a safety alert in Missoula tonight where police are looking for a missing 26-year-old woman named Nefatari Bartel. The Missoula Police Department reports that Bartel was reported missing yesterday and was last seen in the Missoula area on Monday afternoon. If anyone has seen or has information regarding her whereabouts, you're asked to contact the Missoula Police Department. The number right there on your screen, 406-552-6300. Bless
1: him, he killed her name, but I can tell you this, it's Nefertari, and we hear that Missoula PD believes they have a known sighting almost immediately after she goes missing, but then those hopes are dashed. Listen to our friend Jill Valley. In a news release today, Missoula police say the previous report of Bartell last being seen was unsubstantiated. Bartell's mother tells MTN News her daughter is seven months pregnant and has two sons. Anybody with any information is asked to contact Detective Jeff Lloyd, the number 406-552-6285. If you're not familiar with Missoula, it's in Montana and it's cold. It's really cold. It's snowing. This is a seven-month pregnant lady, lost, just 26 years old. There is still time to bring her home alive. Right now, I want to go straight out to Nefatari's mother, Charlene Bartell. Thank you, Ms. Bartell, for being with us. You're welcome, and thank you. Ms. Bartell, there's just something about her In every picture I see of Nefertari, she's looking right at the camera, and it's like her eyes are connecting with me every time I look at her. Now, I know she's got the two little boys, Iden and Caspian, but she was expecting what she believed to be a baby girl, the first girl, correct? Yes. Okay. Miss Bartell, when you learned there had been a sighting of your daughter, and then to discover that sighting was false. What happened in your mind when you learned that sighting was incorrect? Well, and it just wasn't that. I mean,
5: there was different sightings, different areas that I was informed um, by Detective Jeff Lloyd And it was just, it was more confusing than anything. It's just like I couldn't get a straight answer. So I'm doing my own little private investigation on the bus schedules and so forth and so forth. And, you know, it went from one person to picking up Nath to then Miranda picking up Nath. And I could never get a straight answer. So it did more damage than anything. So.
1: Just really frustrating. Well, I've got to agree with you on that. Let me go out to another special guest joining us, Mike Hadsell, President, Founder, Peace River Canine Search and Rescue. You can find that at PRSAR Peace River uh, Canine Search and Rescue. PRSAR.org Mike, I have noticed this time and time again. I've been trying to solve unsolved and homicides and find missing people for a long time since I became a crime victim myself. And when the public hears, oh, there's a sighting, they're like, okay, well, then I don't need to pay attention to that anymore. It's solved. It's over. They found her. So when you put it out there that there's a wrong, that there's a siding and there's not the mom charlene bartell is correct that's really a torpedo to the case
6: absolutely you're going to lose volunteers you're going to lose interest Uh, a lot of things will shut down at that point uh, even if there is an active search going because uh they they figure that she's been found if she's spotted she's alive and she's either left on her own accord uh gone somewhere or um Law enforcement has her and they're not saying anything yet. So that's usually what happens.
1: You know, uh, there was just very recently the Atlanta shooting, a mass shooting. And we had to go immediately that evening to Wednesday night at our church. It was taco night and there was no way the twins were going to miss taco night at family night supper. The first thing when I walked in was have they found the guy? Have they found the guy? Have they found the guy? And I was like, no, 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 but they're going to find him. The moment it hit the waves that he was found, everyone in that fellowship hall was like, oh, they found him. See what I mean? The chain reaction, when you're told, now if has been spotted, people's, discount it. They don't need to pay attention to it anymore. Phil Waters, who's joining me, former homicide detective, Houston PD, President, CEO, Kindred, Spirits, Investigation, and Security. Phil, thank you for being with us. Agree, disagree how much that hurt the investigation.
6: Well, I tell you what, being on the other side of our discussion here, having been a detective and uh, of course in homicide, we would get the missing person cases that looked like there was a suspicious disappearance involved in it possibly leading to a homicide and i can just tell you that these are difficult cases to work i think we can all agree on that and when we have sightings this is what happens when something like this is generated you have people all over the country i know in the, in the cases that i've been invested that i have investigated you get phone calls from from ten two. I mean, it is amazing how, because everybody wants to be the person who says, I saw the person that's missing.
1: And also there's an altruistic component to that. You want to help. You think you saw the person.
6: Right. They're not doing it to be, to be uh, mean spirited or to divert anything. They're doing it because they think they're, they're providing some, some Very good information. So it's uh, it's all done with well intentions. The problem is like Mike said, it, it, it convolutes the entire investigation and people will go, yeah, you know, okay, well, she's been cited, then she must be okay. And then they, they move on to the next one. So yeah, it's uh, these are, these are difficult cases to work. They become convoluted very, very quickly. And, you know, my uh, my heart goes out to the detectives that are working it.
1: Well, I've got to say, I agree with you, Phil Waters, in that it's not intentional. The investigators are trying to push the case forward, trying to find Nefertari. And there's a siding. They put it out there. turns out to be wrong. And it's a real torpedo to the case completely unintentionally. You know, when you, you don't know what has happened you got to look back and determine who is your victim right where can i find the victim right uh if i couldn't find my son i know exactly where i would go the closest basketball court uh the closest closest basketball hoop whether it's on a court or not i know where i would go if i couldn't find my daughter out for a nice long walk somewhere working out i know where to look for them <music> Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Fox Nation and its brand new series, Scampreneur. Hey, do you love a good con artist story? Then you need to check out the new Fox Nation series, Scampreneur. This series takes a deep dive into the outrageous lies and elaborate scams pulled off by three master manipulators, Elizabeth Holmes, Carrie Farrell, and Anthony Gignock. In episode one, meet the Silicon Valley swindler, Elizabeth Holmes, who cons the world and wealthy investors into her wishful thinking. Will she pay the price for her crimes? Episode two, learn about the hipster grifter, Carrie Farrell, who scammed her own family and friends out of thousands, but the police had a plan of their own. Episode three, learn about the fake Saudi prince, Anthony Gignock, who spent two decades committing low-level grifts, but his next get-rich-quick scam turns out to be his biggest mistake. Through interviews with investigators, victims, and whistleblowers, Scampreneur reveals how these con artists were captured and punished for their crimes. Don't miss this incredible series, Scampreneur, streaming now on Fox Nation. Thanks, Fox Nation, for being our partner. Go to lisa.com forward slash Nancy to learn more. That's L E E S A dot com forward slash Nancy. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. What do we know about Nefertari? She's seven months pregnant. She's only going to be able to do so much. Take a listen to our friends at Crime Online.
7: Nefitari Bartel grew up in Missoula, Montana, in an area where there's always a lot to do, especially outdoor activities. Mom, Charlene, tells that her daughter enjoyed being outdoors, from river rafting, hiking in the mountains, to fishing. Charlene Bartel says she taught her daughter, Nephi, as she's known to her friends, to drive a car in the mountains. Charlene Bartel says once Nephi Bartel had her own children, That was her priority. Nefertari Bartel has two sons and a baby on the way. Bartel and her youngest son live in an apartment in Missoula. The older boy lives with his father. Mom, Charlene Bartel, lives about an hour away in Condon, Montana. The two spoke regularly. In fact, Nefertari was planning to move in with her mother. Charlene Bartell says her daughter was excited about the change.
1: So I can tell you from studying methods and assessment of homicide, suicide, and disappearance, when a victim is looking forward to something, they're not going to just drop off the map. They're not going to commit suicide. They have a plan. And this is a mom who loves her children, who loves the outdoors, getting ready for a move back home to mom's place, So what more do we know other than she is a very caring mom and loves the great outdoors? Listen.
7: In the late morning hours of February 21st, Nefetari Bartel was walking her dog Nova. As the snow started to fall, a woman offered the 26-year-old a ride. Bartel had an address of a cabin. The driver took Bartel to the area of Primrose Meadows up Gold Creek Road. Around 3 p.m., the Good Samaritan dropped Nefetari Bartel off at a mile marker just off Gold Creek Road. But the driver was concerned about a very pregnant Nefetari hiking her way up to the cabin. As soon as the driver got to the highway and had cell signal again, she called the sheriff's department. She told police that she had a bad feeling and asked them to do a wellness check on Bartel.
1: Joining me right now is that very, very critical witness, the so-called Good Samaritan. You know how often you pass people on the road and you're like, oh, gosh, I feel so bad for them. This woman didn't just say, oh, my stars, there's, this, there's a really pregnant lady. I'm going to give her a ride. She stopped, and she helped. She said, hey, hop in the car. It's cold out there. With me is Miranda, the Good Samaritan. Miranda?
4: Hi.
1: Thank you for being with us.
4: What happened? Tell me everything. Uh, <clears throat> that story's hard to hear because um, it wasn't just... It wasn't just a little drizzle or a little bit of snow. Um, we were experiencing kind of a sudden blizzard uh, condition in that Missoula area that day, and it had just began. Um, so when I came out of Missoula and had spotted her, she was running against basically a blizzard, almost frantically. And I thought, Oh my God, I can't, I can't, I can't! And so I pulled over immediately and said, Get, get in here. And, and we'll figure out what she got going on. So I waited until she kind of thought out and was able to speak, um, and asked her where she wanted to go. And that's when she told me that she wanted to go to this Gold Creek cabin. And yeah, that's where the that's where it began. So so Gold Creek
1: cabin. Now, yeah. what was her demeanor? Was she
4: happy? Sad? When I first picked her up, it was um, I. Uh, It was really kind of hard to gauge because there was uh, the weather was really extreme and she had been running against it and it i don't know it's like she she got caught in a storm and was trying to run her way through it but was kind of running into it and so she she really was just happy to be not along the road um kind of relieved um but she was I don't know. She was clear. She was in her right mind. Did she have a dog with her? She did. Yeah. And I'm super dog friendly. So I didn't, I didn't care at all about having the dog in my vehicle. I know that some people on the Facebook police department have, uh, have been like, Oh my God, she picked up her dog too. Yes.
1: Yes, I did. You know what? God bless you, lady. God bless you and your family on top of that. Hold on. Let me, let me think this through. And remember everybody on the panel, this is not high tea at Windsor Castle. With the new king. Jump in. Um, Miranda, the good Samaritan that picked up Nefetari, which I believe to be the last true known sighting, the last confirmed known sighting, which is critical to the case to develop a timeline. So I'm glad you said she seemed clear-headed because it's, I, I know this, and you're confirming this about Nefertari, She's not a big boozer. She doesn't do drugs. She's a loving mom, loves the outdoors, very close to her mother. She's not some drugged out prostitute on the side of the road. You can't tell what they're saying. You don't know where they're going. Are they talking out of their head? No, no. She was in her right mind. She was not under the influence of drugs or alcohol and has no history of that. She got in the car, got warmed up, and said she wanted to go to a cabin up on Gold Creek Road.
4: Is that correct? It is, and that's where I my wheels got spinning pretty hard because I've, I've I'm an avid hiker, and I have been up in that area several times. So I basically, from the time I picked her up, it was I don't know about six miles to where the turnoff was. And, and we talked about it. You know, we talked pretty in depth about what the plans were. And what did she say? <laughs> well, she told me that she was going to go up there to meet a boyfriend. So she was going to meet a boyfriend. Yeah. And she never said a name. She just said a boyfriend and kept it real vague. OK. Um, and I questioned her for, well, it turned out to be 10 miles. Because once we turned up the road, I honestly thought it was going to end up being snowed in and I wasn't going to be able to get that far. And it was kind of a, like, I'm going to show you that this isn't a really good idea. <laughs> and then they were doing a logging unit up at the end of that road. And, and so it was plowed all the way up. Were there people up there? Were there guys up there working? Not current. Not at the time. There was one guy running a snow plow because it was actively snowing. You said that there was active logging. Were there any surveillance cameras up there on the site? Not that I know of. Um, it's I know that it's a BLM project. And I, I, I doubt I doubt it. BLM project, what do you mean? Uh, Bureau of Land Management. So they had just purchased this land from a timber company years a few years back. But there was one guy up there working. I you know, I so there was the snow plow operator and I didn't see anybody at the logging unit because it was up uh fast where I had dropped her off. So you drop her off. You're you have a four-wheel drive? Yeah, and I didn't need it. I mean, it was honestly plowed all the way up.
1: Okay, so you knew if you got further up, your wheels would start spinning, so you drop her off. How far
4: would she have had to walk to get to the cabin? Um, from where I dropped her off, only about a mile, mile and a half. Um And a lot of people ask me why I didn't drop her off at the turn down below. And I thought, because my brain heard her say that she wanted to get someplace that would have been eight and a half miles in a blizzard. And I thought, you know, a mile and a half is a lot more doable. Why can't they just be happy you gave the woman a ride instead of telling you what you did
1: wrong for Pete's sake? Okay, let's take what we know right now. So our good Samaritan, Miranda, drops Nefertari off. She only got a mile left to go to go to this cabin on Gold Creek Road. But then we find out it no longer exists. Take a listen to our friend Dave Mack.
7: Detective Jeff Lloyd is able to verify that Nefetari Bartel was walking her dog eastbound on Highway 200 East in East Missoula while it was snowing. The detective verifies that a good Samaritan offered Bartell a ride and that Nefertari and her dog Nova accepted the ride. Bartell told the driver she was headed to a cabin she found on an online map in the area of Primrose Meadows up Gold Creek Road. Bartell is dropped off and begins hiking towards the cabin. Detective Lloyd notes that the cabin Bartell found on the online map no longer exists. It had been torn down prior to Nefertari Bartell ever making it her destination.
1: Okay. That's what I mean about it getting more and more bizarre. Joining me right now, crimeonline.com investigative reporter Nicole Part. Nicole, thank you for being with us. So I understand the cabin to which she was headed with her dog. It shows up on Google Map or Waze or whatever she was using, but it doesn't exist anymore.
4: That's right. So it's believed that she
1: had Googled this, that she had done some research online to find this cabin. But in fact, the cabin hasn't been there for a year or so. So she's basically walking into the middle of nothing. She's out in this horrible weather thinking that she's eventually going to reach a cabin, but that cabin... Is not there so what do we know about why she headed to this cabin she thinks is there we know she was on foot we know she took her dog with her we know that she got a ride last seen heading up the hill to get to the cabin we know that when she gets there there is no cabin take a listen now to our cut b brother katie langston she had received a call from a private number at 10 17 a.m that day she left her wallet keys phone and broken apple watch on the floor she had grabbed her dog and left leaving her front door unlocked okay so (laughs) she takes her dog and leaves she leaves her wallet keys and phone behind to charlene bartell this is neftori's mom who leaves their phone behind yeah the whole thing the whole thing just really
5: gets me um it's not like my daughter to do any of that especially when she was planning on moving up here and that phone call is like key it was a private it was from a private number So Detective Lloyd said that they weren't able to trace it because of that, but... I believe that phone call is also key to this because she was so paranoid about a couple people that even when I went to go visit her, she would lock the door while we were inside. So in all this, it just doesn't make sense. Could you say that again, Ms. Bartel, about her door being unlocked? Yeah, she doesn't leave her door unlocked. She was so paranoid about a couple people that even when I went to go visit her, um, even being inside, she would lock her door. So for her door to be unlocked is just, it's, that's a no, no, that's not her at all. That's just so way out of her character. So
1: I'm hearing a lot of things out of the ordinary. Joining me right now, renowned psychologist joining us out of Manhattan, Karen Stark. You can find her at karenstark.com. That's Karen with a C right there, Karen Stark, out character. If somebody told you, oh yeah, Nancy wanted some me time and went away for the weekend to some fancy resort where you sit in those mud baths and they put the hot rocks on your back and the cupping like Gwyneth Paltrow, you would know, oh yeah, that didn't happen. She's dead. Right? So when I hear things out of character, like her mom is telling us, you think I'd leave home and not lock the door? O H E double L N O, because my children are gonna be coming back in that door, and I wanted as safe as possible. She says her daughter, Nefertari, would never
0: have done that. I don't like it. It's, it's also think about it, Nancy. How many people leave home without their purse? How many women don't take their handbags? And they don't take their phone.
1: Well, wait a minute. I never carry a handbag or a pocketbook. (laughs) Whatever I need to carry, I can stick in my bra. All right. That's just a leftover habit from tromping through high crime areas as a prosecutor. I want my hands free.
8: What's the possibility that that's staged? I'm concerned about the broken Apple watch.
1: Who's talking? Is this Phil or Mike?
8: This is Mike
6: talking. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. I'm concerned about the broken watch. And I'd really like to know, our good Samaritan, if she noticed whether <coughs> Nefertiti was was wearing that watch when she
4: picked her up. Hey, Miranda, did you notice if she was carrying anything at all, just the dog? So she did not have a purse. Um, I, I couldn't tell if she had a watch on just because she had, you know, a, a jacket and, you know clothes winter clothes um, but she did have a phone and we tried to look up that cabin um, on her phone and there wasn't a reception she up. did have a phone. She had a cell phone. He did. Okay.
1: He- Whoa. I'm glad you said that, Mike had cell. What about it, Charlene Bartell? This is Nefatori's mom. Are you sure a phone was found at her place? Yes. Um, matter of fact, there was a woman and
5: a guy that went into my daughter's apartment after Nef went missing and stole my daughter's phone and her keys. And so... Did you ever get it back? The... Detective Lloyd has it. So you did get it back. Did she have two phones? Not that I was aware of. So when Miranda told me that,
1: then I immediately went ahead and called Detective Lloyd and informed him of that. Look, having two phones is not that unusual. For years, I kept a work phone and a private phone. You know, just by habit. Years. Like... Twelve years I had a phone from my work and I happen to have an old blackberry that I still used. So I, I happen to have both. But I find that very, very unusual and I agree with Hatsell about the broken Apple Watch. Um, Karen Stark, what were you saying? I
0: was saying that it's so the whole thing is very suspicious because, you know, if you go out and you're afraid that your dog is gonna be not be okay, she took her dog which I think is really significant because it's as though she really did expect that everything would be okay and she'd be able to come back. But on the other hand, leaving there with a pizza pie, a whole pie except for one slice, that's, that doesn't make a lot of sense, leaving behind things that were important to her. It's, there's a lot of confusion in this story that I see that everyone's trying to piece together But this is unusual
1: behavior. Yeah, and whenever it's out of the norm, I I think that that gives me the suspicion something is nefarious. Charlene Bartell joining me. This is the victim's mom. Charlene, just one short answer here. Where did we get the information that her cell phone, her Apple Watch was there and her door was unlocked? Who who, who gives us that? You? No, um, the girl that walked into my daughter's apartment
5: um, went ahead and called another person before she called 911 and reported this, and then she called 911.
1: Okay, so that's where we're getting it from, a friend. A friend of Nefertari's, yes? Yes. Okay, guys, remember a little while ago, we learned that Good Samaritan Miranda got a bad Feeling about dropping her off that's where she wanted to get dropped off so Miranda did but she had such an overwhelming bad feeling sense of dread that she called in a security check to police a welfare check but guess what that never happened take a listen to our cut 11a our friends at crimeonline.com
7: the search for Bartell has been difficult According to Bartell's family, a request for a welfare check after the pregnant woman was dropped off was refused, reportedly due to an incoming snowstorm. Later, the Missoula police sent Missoula County's search and rescue team made up of trained volunteers to Gold Creek Road. Weather conditions hampered the search.
1: David Leroy is joining me, high-profile lawyer out of Idaho, former Lieutenant Governor, former prosecutor, now private attorney. David Leroy, thank you for being with us. I've actually never heard of a welfare check being requested, and then the cops go, ah, nah, it's snowing. Well,
8: particularly uh, if the welfare search was partly called in because of the disastrous weather and the remote conditions. But, Nancy, I'm interested in the possibility that maybe all of this search in the Gold Creek area has been unnecessary, and therefore uh, not producing anything. If we had just one phone, and if our good Samaritan saw- Neff Using that phone, and then Neff's phone got back home, it may be that this boyfriend coming the opposite direction uh, actually intercepted her and brought her back home, and then whatever untoward happened, happened at home, leaving the phone behind. Uh, I'm wondering if uh, uh, Neff is not in uh, somewhere else in Big Sky Country or in Idaho, in uh, Wyoming, uh, in, uh, in a surrounding state where your publicity will help us find her.
1: I can tell you this. No way would Neff leave her children. This would require her to willingly go under your scenario and give birth somewhere else and not tell her mother. Um but wait, wait. I see your reasoning, David Leroy, and it's kind of brilliant. Was that actually her phone back at her apartment? Exactly. <laughs> back at her place. Did the boyfriend bring her back? So here's the only. Shred or scintilla of evidence I have to say you're wrong And it's not conclusive Take a listen to our cut 11
7: Charlene Bartell said that Nefertari's dog Nova was found in the mountains On Gold Creek Road on March 1st Alone Nefertari was not with Nova Bartell points out that Nova survived Eight days in the snow With no frostbite, nothing Charlene Bartell tells It's like someone housed her Someone took care of her
9: I'm Katya Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to
0: podcasts. If you're a smoker looking for an alternative to traditional tobacco, you might feel uncertain at the thought of changing things up. Maybe you're ready to make a switch, but don't know where to start. Maybe you've tried vaping, but it wasn't your thing. Maybe you've heard of smokeless nicotine products, but aren't familiar with the options. Meet Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch. Zen nicotine pouches deliver nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Which means Zen pairs well with you, your personality, your schedule, and your spontaneity. Zen fits easily into your bag, pocket, and into your life. Because it's smoke-free, hands-free, and hassle-free. So the only person who will know you have a Zen pouch in is you. Zen is a satisfying tobacco alternative that puts you in control of your nicotine experience. Which means Zen pairs well with you. Visit Zen.com or head to your local convenience store today to find your Zen. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical.
1: Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's crime stories possible. It's Lisa Mattress. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new natural hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between award-winning mattress brand Lisa and home design icon West Elm, the natural hybrid is the culmination of the two companies' shared values of premium materials, meticulous craftsmanship, and sustainable practices made with natural latex, responsibly sourced natural wool, Go to lisa.com forward slash nancy to learn more. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com forward slash nancy. Crime Stories with Nancy Grace. To Charlene Bartell, this is Nefatari's mother so nova was found wandering through that mountainous area at gold creek road alone yes in sub-zero temperatures i went ahead and i checked the weather
5: for that week because there was just something about nova that was itching at me so i did and it was all sub-zeros neither neff or nova would have survived the first night but yet nova was found at the logging crew site Eight days later, and still sub-zero temperatures with no frostbite, no nothing. So there was just no way. And the only people that were up there are the loggers and that crew. There's nothing else around. So it was just so conveniently, you know, she was found at that site that morning on march 1st
1: okay a couple of thoughts to you phil waters the former homicide detective houston pd president ceo kindred spirits investigations and security but everybody jump in three lines of inquiry for me right now number one phones if we follow through david leroy's uh line of thinking there's only one phone if not there are two phones Now, I know a lot of law enforcement doesn't like to do this because it is very, very time intensive, but I've seen it done with success. And David Leroy knows all about this case, the Brian Koberger case. A data dump, a dump, is made of all the phones used in a certain area between a certain period of time. So I get right here in the studio, Jackie goes missing. I'm like, hmm... Let's do a data dump of where I think Jackie went. Let's just say she went for a pizza for lunch. I do a data dump. I pull up 300 phone numbers. I isolate hers. And then I found out who's incoming and outgoing, and I can actually ping the phone. Where did it go after that? Okay, so there is the phone data. There is the boyfriend data that seemed to be an incoming phone call to her phone left at the apartment and for somebody to say oh it's a private number it can't be traced that's entirely wrong you think the fbi can't trace a private number are you kidding me yeah they can you can't see it but they can figure it out it'd be on the apple watch which is conveniently broken (laughs) <laughs> Who's that talking? Is that Microphone? Yes, You're Mike absolutely talking, correct, Mike. You're right. But even if the watch is physically broken, smashed, and I'd like to find out why. Sounds like a confrontation at the apartment. But that said, the data is still in the cloud with an Apple Watch. So I don't need the actual physical watch to get the data. So phone data on the two phones boyfriend info who called into that phone at the apartment do we have any uh emails texts i mean they had to be in contact and last the loggers i'm not discounting them at all that's where nova's found with the logging crew hey big flashing red light of alarm look at them too that's where I would go with this. What about it, Charlene Bartell? What are the cops telling you? They're not telling me anything. Um, I could, I could probably
5: count on two hands how many times I've talked to Detective Lloyd during this whole thing since I found out my daughter's been missing. And most of the times was when he was trying to locate the phone that this girl stole from my daughter's apartment when she was walking through. And then just recently, the um, last week, he called me a couple of days, let me know that he did receive, he finally, the warrant for Facebook finally went through, and that her last um, response on Facebook, I believe, was last September, so there's... There hasn't been any more communication
1: with that. Other than that, I haven't talked to him. He hasn't called me. I've left messages. Well, wait a minute. If you get the cell phone, you don't have to have the cell phone. You can go in the cloud. You can do that data dump when she was with Miranda, get that cell phone number, and you can get the cell phone number of the phone at her apartment and find out everybody she had been texting and calling. I mean, help me out, Phil Waters. That's possible. It's 2023. We can do that.
6: It looks like she left her place on her own power with her dog to go meet, according to Miranda, some boyfriend up in this uh, Gold Creek area. Now, so, so to think that she got there and then the then somebody did something to her, then brought her back or, or brought her stuff back to that apartment. I mean, it's it's quite a. That that's a lot of moving parts. And I just most of the times when something like this occurs, it's usually a simple explanation. At and the end remember
1: her dog didn't come back to the apartment,
6: Phil. But but here's the point about the dog. So we've now we're now we're talking about this component of these loggers being up there and, and not knowing anything other than what I know, and what I've heard uh, in this discussion. Well, the explanation for the dog being in, in relatively good health. the the loggers were taking care of it or it was provided a a place of shelter up there where those guys were. And I agree with you, Nancy, though, that that in the course of the investigation, all of those guys need to be uh, interviewed certainly. So uh, there's a whole lot of of components to this thing that uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful that the detective has done all of these things. Now getting all the information off these phones, there would be gps on the phone so we would be able to take those phone that phone and determine where it was if it if it did go to some other location and came back and then the question would be who 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 did that but there's a lot of information that can, we always did this i mean we get if we get a phone we dump the phone we do a cell bright check on it then we get into the uh, the historical information on it and that all that takes subpoenas and court orders and so forth so there's a lot of things that this these, these types of cases don't get solved in 43 minutes with no commercials
1: well it's hardly been 43 minutes no commercials because she's been she was last sighted february 21
6: well that's true but you've got the weather as a factor I mean, you've got a lot of things going on here that are are delaying furthering the investigation and my question is 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 She obviously left. I mean, she, she gets picked up uh, by Miranda. So she's, she's by herself with her dog. She seems to be fine. There's a discussion about what she's doing. There doesn't seem to be any anxiety involved there, at least what I'm hearing uh, Miranda saying. So she gets there. And my my question is what time of the day did this happen? Is this in the morning hours? Uh, And what is the distance from her house? To this Gold Creek
4: area.
1: Good question, Miranda. What time of the day or night was it that you picked
4: her up? Uh, it was probably about 1.30 in the afternoon.
1: And Charlene Bartell, how far away is the the cabin that she thought she was going to from her place? Um, I would guess what fifteen
5: miles, Miranda, from Russell on First to Gold Creek. Oh, a little bit longer than
4: that. It was probably 60 miles from Bonner. Um, and then whatever Bonner from to her house, and I that day she told me that she took an Uber from her house to Bonner, um, but couldn't afford to get it to the to the Gold Creek exit, which is.
6: But now she's not. Now it's one thirty or one thirty or so in the afternoon, and she's yeah. walking to this location with her dog.
4: Yeah. Yep. And she was there was a time frame. Um, she told me that she was meeting this boyfriend at this cabin at eight o'clock that evening. And and
6: did that's you how ask her, her about why? In the
4: her. World, why did you ask yeah, her about absolutely. why the was walking? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I I we spent what, what, we went we ten time. miles with me questioning her. What did she say? So she was going to meet this guy, and they were both hitchhiking, and and neither one of them. Well, there's no reception down two hundred. So did
1: she explain, Miranda, why she was on foot? You said she took an Uber to a certain point and then got out of the Uber with her dog and started walking. Is that correct, Miranda? That's from what I
4: understand, yeah.
1: Okay, and that she was to meet the boyfriend that night at 8 p.m., and by this point, it was getting on to 2 o'clock. Is that correct? Yes, ma'am. And did she tell you the location where she was to meet him, and it was a cabin? But now we know that that location, once she got there, did not exist. Is that correct?
6: That's also correct. Let me ask a quick question here, Miranda. So, when you picked her up and... Did she say how far she'd actually been walking? Uh,
4: She honestly said that she had just began walking, Uh, where I picked her up was less than a mile from Bonner.
6: Okay, so from the point you picked her up to this Gold Creek area, you're saying it's less than a mile?
4: No, no. uh, From Bonner to where I picked her up was less than a mile. From where you dropped
1: her off, Miranda, how far to the cabin? It was, according
4: to our maps, it would have been roughly a mile and a half.
1: Okay, so up a trail to that. And remember, now Fatari loves the outdoors. So for her, since she has not been on foot very long at all, a mile or so would be no problem except for she's seven months pregnant. I want you to have the 24-hour tip line, 406-552-6300. Ms. Bartell, will your daughter have ever left her children? Oh, no, absolutely not. No.
5: Her kids were everything to her, you know, and I just cannot even imagine, you know, what her oldest son is going through right now, you know, and... Yeah, it's it's devastating. There's no way.
1: No. We wait as the facts unfold. Goodbye, friend.
9: I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now, I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.
1: Pause for a big thank you to our partner making today's program possible. It's Dexcom with the new Dexcom G7.